0: So this morning we're looking at James chapter one, verses sixteen through the end of that chapter, verse twenty-seven. If you find the words back there; you'll find them on the screen in front of you. Uh, before we read them, let's pray together. Thank you, God, for for this book. For these, for these words, um, come Holy Spirit upon us. We pray. We ask that you would open us up. That you would shine a light. That you would help us see. We ask that it be your voice that we hear. However it is that works we pray that You would move us. And we pray that You would change us. We pray that You would wake us up. In Jesus' name, amen. James 1, starting at verse 16. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a, a kind of firstfruits of all He created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Just do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. In my mind, I kind of read it that way. Sorry, this is just for fun. Um, Kind of seems like that's something like a a, a guy from Queens would say. Let me try it. I'm going to totally mess this up. It's not going to be good. Okay, where am I? Because anyone who listens to the Word doesn't do what it says. is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Doesn't it sound like that? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But seriously. Anyone who listens to the Word but doesn't do what it says. is like someone who looks at his face in, in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet, <clears throat> do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion's worthless. Oh. I got goosebumps there. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. brothers and sisters do not be deceived every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights you know the one who made the stars that's who gave you everything you have so every so often I think it's, good, it's a good thing for us to to uh, ask ourselves a very important question and I, I don't keep track but um, I think we ask this question around here every I don't know six months or so, maybe twice a year, maybe less. Um, but I think it's a very very important question. Why are you here? Why did you come here this morning? Why are you here? Why are we here? Why, why, why does this place exist? Why did you come here on a Sunday morning? Why did any of us come? Seriously, there are hundreds of different things we could have done this morning rather than, rather than come here. We could have slept in, that would have felt good. I mean, we're always walking around talking about how tired we are and how busy, busy we are. It would have felt good to spend an extra hour in bed instead of getting up and getting ourselves ready uh, to come to this, this place and do whatever it is that we do in here, right? That would, have, that would have felt good. There are all sorts of things. There's always stuff we could do around the house, always these little chores, always this checklist. We could have spent time doing some of those things so that we feel a little bit less busy. We could have done that this morning. <clears throat> we could have got the groceries taken care of. Like that's something that even if you live by yourself, you got to feed yourself. you got to find some food. And if you live with other people, you got to make sure that the other people in your house eat. It would have been a good idea to, to go to go to Hy-Vee or, or Aldi or, or Walmart or wherever it is you, you get your groceries and just check that off your list. There are literally hundreds of different things that we could have done, and yet here we are. Why did you come here this morning? Why, why are we here? You're, maybe some of us are here out of habit. Okay, maybe some of us are here because that's just the thing that you do on Sunday morning. Right? Mom and Dad made us do it when we grew up, and now we're in charge of our own lives, and we're just kind of in that, and so this is just what you do. Maybe some of us are here because Mom and Dad dragged you out of bed, but you'd rather, you'd rather be sleeping right now. Maybe some, of us, maybe some of us are here because you wanted to sleep, and when I get up here and talk, it's a, it's a good time to take a little nap. Maybe, maybe some of us are here because we're lonely. Maybe some of us are here because we've got questions, and we're hoping that, that maybe, maybe coming to a place like this will, will give us some answers. Maybe, maybe some of us are for feeling lost. And we're hoping that when we gather in a place like this that maybe just maybe maybe we'll feel found maybe maybe there's a hole in your heart and, and you're hoping that it'll be it'll be filled. Maybe there's something something else inside that's just not right maybe it's off or maybe it's broken and and you're hoping that coming to a place like this will We'll put it back together again, we'll fix it, or maybe maybe the pain will will just be eased at least for, for a little while. Maybe that's why we've come here. And, and really none of those reasons are bad reasons, like I think those reasons are, are good reasons to come here on a perfectly normal Sunday morning. But I'd like to suggest that there's another reason why we come here, and I think I think even if we don't think of it, even if we're not aware of it, uh, I think it's why we come here this morning. We gather here for worship in order to wake up, not to sleep. We come here in order to wake up. We we come here in order to pay attention to the divine, to God, to what God is doing in our lives and and in the world. We come here to pay attention. Leonard Sweet, who's written all sorts of, of really good books. He says that our word "religion" comes from a Latin word with the root "lig," L-I-G. And the people who study the origins of words have traced the meaning of the root word "lig," and it means this: in part to pay attention. To pay, it means something else, too. We'll get to that a little bit later on. That's down the road. But first, it means in "part. To pay attention that means that every religious service every religious act every religious ceremony every religious ritual should make us sort of sit up shake our heads rub our tired eyes and pay attention to the divine and it's a good thing too right because we have days and weeks and routines and schedules that sort of all blend together after a while. They have this way of, of sort of lulling us to sleep, and we need a certain regularly scheduled time to pay attention to the divine. So worship for us as a community and as individuals is kind of like a divine alarm clock. Wake up, everybody. Let's pay attention to God. And I think that's what James is doing in this letter. He's helping us to to wake up. And I think it's why he says what he says. He says, don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every, because we'll think differently if we don't remind ourselves of this, if we don't wake ourselves up to this reality. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift comes from above above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, the one who made the stars, that's the one who gave you everything you have. These words that we find in the Bible, I believe, are are intended to wake us up, to remind us. Abraham Joshua Heschel, probably the most influential Jewish rabbi of the previous century, said this, in the midst of our applauding the feats of of civilization, these are my words now, We think we're so important. Aren't we amazing? In the midst of our applauding the feats of civilization, the Bible flings itself like a knife, slashing our complacency, reminding us that God, too, has a voice in history. Wake up. Wake up, James says. All good things come from God. Sure, we've worked hard and we've put in some effort and we've done some good things, but the reality is that underneath everything is it's all gift, it's all grace. All we we do really is receive it. So Sunday morning worship is designed, it's our time to help us wake up to the power and presence of God in our lives. But of course, just showing up isn't enough, right? Isn't where this whole thing ends. Once we're awake, once we've paid attention to what God has done and is doing for us, there should probably be a little bit of a response, don't you think? And this is where James sort of doesn't mince words. He's like, you know, he's just going to say it like it is, like a, like a dude from Queens would. He tells us that we're not just hearers, we're not just learners, we're not just receivers, but we also need to be doers. And his instructions are pretty simple. They're pretty straightforward. Like there are some places in Scripture where we're like, I'm going to need somebody to explain that one to me, but, but this is pretty black and white. It's not often Scripture is black and white. Sometimes it's really hard to understand, but this is, he's pretty black and white here. Are you ready? We're just going to talk about two things for the rest of our time together. In part, being a doer means this. Just watch what you say. And man, it feels like we need this. It feels like our world right now needs this in a really bad way. Just watch what you say. Be careful. If anyone considers himself religious and yet doesn't keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. In other words, Watch your mouth. Watch what you say and how you say it. Don't let the first thing that pops in your mind be the first thing that flings out of your mouth. Don't speak out of anger. It's, all, it's like throwing gas on fire. Choose your words slowly, deliberately, carefully. Filter out all the hurt. Filter out the venom filter out the anger, filter out, filter out the hatred, and all the other verbal weapons we seem to have just so naturally. Watch what you say and how you say. Just because words aren't physical doesn't mean they can't be violent. It's why we have laws against things like inciting insurrections Words can become physical. By the way, if you flip over to James chapter 3, he goes off on this. You should check it out later. It's actually a fun read. Right? Watch what you say. Keep a tight rein on your tongue. It's part of what it means to be a doer. Be careful. Don't just respond to that email immediately without, like, take a day think about it got you all hopped up and angry just stop breathe take some time like anybody anybody seen christian twitter like you yeah, on twitter follow different christian people on twitter please go read james christian twitter keep a tight rein on your tongue go slowly Deliberately. It's not modeled for us in the world, especially by the people in the highest places. It's not modeled for us. Watch what you say. But being a doer is is, is more than just watching what we say, right? It's also watching out for others. I love this. Watching out especially for the weak, the fragile, the most vulnerable the people who are marginalized in this world, those people, watch out for them. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Religion that God accepts is this, watch after the orphans and the widows you see in in his world orphans and widows had no one to look out for them they had no rights to speak of employment was impossible poverty was unavoidable and homelessness was expected right unless of course the community did something about it so james says You've received good and perfect gifts from God. Use them wisely. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Look after orphans and widows in their distress. Watch out for others. Back to the word religion again. The root word lig, L-I-G, relig, religion, can mean to pay attention, but it can also mean to tie to tie. So religion is designed to tie us back to our spiritual origins in the divine. So James is saying, if we want to tie ourselves back to our religious origins in the divine, we should look after the most vulnerable people in the world. That's how you do it. If we want to connect to the divine, if we want to tie ourselves back to our spiritual origins in the divine, we should look after and pay attention to the most marginalized people in the world, the, most, the people with the greatest needs. Right? Like if you want to know where God is and where to find God and to connect with God, go to those people and give yourselves to them. You know what this sounds like? You know who this sounds like? sounds a lot like Jesus to me, doesn't it? Remember when he said that thing about anything you do to the least of these you've also done to me? Remember, remember when he said that? This kind of reminds me of that. That's religion, right? At least the kind that God accepts as pure and faultless. So I was thinking about that idea this week, and I was, I was thinking, where do we see that in our, our community? Like where do we see that? In, in, I mean, we're planted here in Ames. Where do we see that kind of activity happening in Ames? So, I, I just went online and I looked, at some, I looked at some places, right? And I'm like, what do, what, do, what, do, what do websites say? And so, I'm going to read to you from the About Us section of certain organizations in town. I'll start with a few that we know, but this is from their websites. Listen to this. The Bridge Home. That's why we're going to go next week. We're going to connect with them again. The Bridge Home. It's from their website. They value inclusiveness, hospitality, respect, self-empowerment, compassion, and hope. Their vision is to end the cycle of homelessness. Their mission. We walk with those who have fallen on hard times to help them find hope and a home. Now, I don't know what that sounds like to you. That sounds pretty religious to me. At least the way James defines it. Here's another one. Access. We've done some work, you know, um, we did a, a drive for them and delivered it. We've done that at Christmas time a couple of times. Their mission, to address the roots and impact of domestic and sexual violence through services that enhance safety, empower survivors, and promote understanding and social justice within our community. Some of their services, this is just some, not all of them. 24-hour crisis lines, housing, youth advocacy programs, counseling, support groups. I don't know what that sounds like to you, but it sounds pretty religious to me. At least, at least the way James defines it. Micah, we've done some food drives for them. Their vision. Micah's vision is resilient Central Iowa communities where all people thrive. Their mission, Micah helps families experiencing poverty meet their needs, build on their strengths, and achieve their goals. I don't know what that sounds like to you, but sounds pretty religious to me. At least the way that James defines it. The United Way, it's from their website, their mission. The United Way of Story County is a strategic leader in building countywide partnerships to identify needs and to develop, support, and and evaluate effective human services, especially in the areas of health, education, financial stability for our diverse community. They value diversity, equity, and inclusion. I don't know what that sounds like to you. sounds pretty religious to me. At least the way that James defines it. Ames Romero House, their mission. We invite those transitioning from homelessness, incarceration, or inadequate, unstable housing to stay with us and be part of a safe, stable home. There's no rent, judgment, and no expectations, only love, acceptance, and peace. Our mission stems from the encounter with the human person, and our belief that the intrinsic dignity Jesus preaches is a love for each person in action. I don't know what that sounds like. Okay, that sounds pretty religious. They put some Jesus in there. The kind of, it's the kind of religion that that James is talking about. And there are all sorts of other... I mean, those aren't the only ones in town. There's like the NAACP, Ames Pride. We could go down lots and lots of organizations that do that. We could, we could talk for the rest of our time here. And I don't know this for sure, but it seems to me that with all the churches we have in town, well, all the religious institutions we have in town, it seems to me that with all of the churches that we have in town, none of those organizations should ever have to fundraise. It seems to me that with all the different churches we have in Ames, none of those other organizations doing that kind of work should ever ever have to hunt for people power they should never have to hunt for volunteers they should never have to search for partners at least not if all the churches in town are living into the kind of religion that james talks about that i'm assuming he got from his brother jesus religion that god our father accepts as pure and faultless is this look after the orphans and the widows in their distress. That's true religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. Look after the most vulnerable in the world. Oh, man. Now, hold on, James. Just hold on a second. Because that doesn't sound like what what we 've been given. you mean to tell me, James that that religion isn't about doctrine? C- come on, hold on a second, James. you mean just wait a minute i 'm trying to mat- wrap my my mind around this. You mean that religion isn't about believing all the right things about God and making sure that we 're good there you mean you mean religion isn't about making sure we we believe in the right atonement theory and we got that all straightened out and all our ducks in a row there, You you mean to tell me that religion isn't about learning all those words that only religious people use? Words like sovereign and incarnate and transcendent and omnipresent and omnipotent and all the other omni words? You mean to tell me that religion isn't about spiritual practices like prayer and fasting is that what you're saying James? Is that what is that what James is saying? No, I don't I don't think so. But what he is saying is that all that doctrine we learn, all of those fancy words we we learn to describe what we believe about God and all of those spiritual practices we engage in, all of those things, they better make a difference in the way that we live our lives. And our lives better make a difference in the world. Because if, because if all of that stuff doesn't make a difference in our lives, and all that stuff doesn't make us into the kind of people who make a difference in the world, it's like looking in the mirror... And then walking away and forgetting what we look like, it's, it's like we've missed the whole point of it all. Look, we come here week after week after week to wake up to the presence of God all around us. We come here to get a glimpse of the kind of people that God has designed us to be. Meant for us to be. And if we walk out those doors and we're not at least a little bit different because of it, then maybe we've missed the point and we're all just wasting our time here. So why did you come here this morning? Why are you here? And now that you've spent an hour here-ish, what are you going to do about it? You know, I think God maybe said it best when God started the whole thing like thousands of years ago when He interrupted the the life of of this guy named Abram. Like just totally and completely for seemingly no reason at all just sort of plucked Him out of complete obscurity. Chose Him. And said, you, Abram, You, you're the one. I'm starting with you. We're going to change the world. We're going to change the trajectory of everything. And I'm starting with you, Abram. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of good and perfect gifts. And all peoples on earth, well, they'll be blessed through you. Maybe that's why we're here. Are we awake? Let's pray.